This is Barry Zalma speaking for Claim School Incorporated's blog, Zalma on Insurance. Today we're going to speak about why an insured must get the excess insurer's permission before settling a claim, and why an excess insurer owes nothing until the primary insurer's limits are exhausted. And an excess insurer who follows form with the primary contains in its policy all of the conditions of the primary insurer. Vizio Inc. appealed the district court's order granting Arch Insurance's motion to dismiss. Arch issued an insurance policy to Vizio and provided coverage excess to Navigator's Insurance's primary policy, meaning that Arch only covered losses that exceeded the $5 million limit of the Navigator's policy. The Arch policy followed form to Navigator's policy, so it has the same terms except for those specifically contradicted by the Arch policy. Vizio also had a separate line of general liability coverage with Chubb. In Vizio Inc. v. Arch Insurance, an October 30, 2023 decision of the Ninth Circuit, Vizio sought coverage from an excess insurer, Arch, after reaching a settlement with plaintiffs in a class action suit without first getting permission from Arch, the excess insurer. After consumers had filed a class action lawsuit against Vizio in connection with its smart TV products, Vizio notified both Navigators and Arch of the potential insurance claims in a February 2016 email. Arch requested more information while Navigators denied coverage, citing a policy exclusion. Vizio twice forwarded Navigator's denial letter to Arch, but Vizio never provided Arch with any substantive updates about the smart TV litigation. Arch, in turn, failed to convey a coverage decision, though internal records showed that Arch decided to deny coverage. About two years later, without seeking or receiving Arch's consent, Vizio settled the smart TV litigation for $17 million. On Arch's motion, the district court dismissed Vizio's fourth amended complaint with prejudice, holding, among other things, that Vizio failed to properly notify Arch of its claim after the underlying policy limit was exhausted. The district court was found to have erred in holding that providing notice prior to exhaustion was improper because they gave notice. And Vizio's February 2016 email was adequate notice. This was a pyrrhic victory, however, because Vizio failed to comply with the consent provision before settling. First, Vizio admitted that it did not obtain Arch's consent prior to settling the smart TV litigation as required under the Arch policy. Since a following form excess policy has the same terms and conditions as the underlying primary policy, and therefore the navigator's policy's consent provision is incorporated and was incorporated into the Arch policy. 
Second, Physio argued that the Arch's policy conflicts with the Navigator's policy, but the Ninth Circuit said, not so. Lastly, Vizio argued that if the consent provision applies, Vizio was excused from performing because Arch allegedly breached the policies first by not properly responding to Vizio's February 2016 email. However, Vizio failed to allege the facts that could plausibly show that Arch breached any of its duties under the policy. Moreover, even if Arch breached the policy as alleged, this would not excuse Vizio from seeking Arch's consent to the settlement. Insurance contracts in the state of California incorporate the terms of California's insurance regulations. Vizio relied on California Code of Regulations, Title 10, Section 2695.7b, for the proposition that an insurer's failure to accept or deny a claim within 40 days of tender is a breach of the insurance policy. But the court noted that Section 2695.7b only applies after an insurer receives a proof of claim, which is defined as evidence of a claim that reasonably supports the magnitude or amount of the claimed loss. A notice of claim is not a proof of claim. Vizio's February 2016 email to Arch was a notice of claim. Vizio also alleged Arch breached the contract when it internally denied coverage and never informed Vizio. Arch's alleged breach would only excuse Vizio's non-consensual settlement if Vizio had requested and been denied coverage. But, of course, Vizio simply sat on its rights until it settled the claim and didn't inform Arch of its intentions. But Arch never informed Vizio that it would deny coverage, and Vizio never followed up or provided Arch with any substantive updates about the smart TV litigation. Thus, Vizio, having never been notified of his denial of coverage, still had an obligation to obtain Arch's consent to any settlement, notwithstanding Arch's alleged breach. Without notice, Arch was denied the opportunity to participate in the settlement negotiations, which the insurance contract established as a prerequisite to Arch's duty to pay. Under California law, without a breach of the insurance contract, there can be no breach of the implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing. Because Vizio breached the policy by not soliciting Arch's consent prior to settlement, no benefits were due, and Arch therefore did not breach the contract. Equitable contribution is the right to recover not from the party primarily responsible for the loss, but from a co-obligor who shares such liability with the party seeking contribution. However, as a general rule, there is no contribution between a primary and an excess carrier. Arch was indisputably an excess insurer because it only had an obligation to indemnify Vizio once the $5 million limit of the navigator's policy was exhausted. The Ninth Circuit, in my opinion, read the two policies, the primary and the following excess policy in both policies. 
required that the insured advise the insurers of their intent to settle, obtain permission from the insurer, or lose the right to indemnity. The settlement of the class action may have been a wise decision by Vizio, but its failure to seek the participation and consent of Arch cost them any possibility of obtaining contribution from Arch and deprived Arch of the ability to investigate and reject coverage or to pay. This video was adapted from my blog, Zelma on Insurance, which is available free to anyone who clicks on the URL zelma.com slash blog. You can also subscribe to these videos on rumble.com or on youtube.com. And if you do, I'd appreciate it if you click on the thumbs up button for rumble or the YouTube like button. And if you found this video and or the blog to be useful, please tell your friends and colleagues about this blog and the videos and let them subscribe to the blog. Subscribing to the videos or the blog will give you access to at least five blog postings a week, sometimes six, and access to the more than 4,650 blog postings. If you wish further detail, or acknowledgement and knowledge about insurance, insurance claims, insurance fraud, and insurance law, please consider for a very small fee subscribing to my Substack publications or my Locals community. Thank you for your attention.